Mega. I've been doing this thing my whole life. Suffered for the art, that's why I'm so nice. I've been doing this thing my whole life. Suffered for the art, that's why I'm so nice. Welcome to the Man Up Podcast with the Mississippi Superman, Jake Reed. And the Texas heartthrob, Wes Dunham. What up, homie? Howdy, father. You like that? I just threw that in there. I made that up today <laughs> in our sound test. We were doing a sound test, and I came up with Wes, the Texas heartthrob. That's it. It's probably going to stick. I've decided that I'm a cowboy now. I didn't plan on telling this on here. I was telling them earlier today, though. I've been saying it for a little while now. I've decided that I'm a cowboy. Not a Cowboys fan, like the football team. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a Cowboys, and I'm an actual cowboy. Mm. On a steel horse, you ride? Uh, I don't. I have one currently, but I'm gonna get one if that's what I got to do to be a cowboy. <laughs> I've just decided that that's uh, that's my new persona. I'm gonna start wearing my cowboy boots everywhere, which I already wear them a lot. So I'm gonna start wearing my cowboy boots everywhere I go. My daughter's leaning towards that. Really? She, she gonna been, be a cow a cowgirl? Yeah, she used to like, um, <clears throat> like, I don't even know what you call today's kind of music like i guess it's still pop yeah boy band stuff like that but now yeah. she's been like every time she gets in the car she's been turning into country so she's, she's a country girl now yeah she likes i can deal with that like the new country but when you say new country what do you mean like not garth brooks and not george Strait and all them. yeah guys. but there's levels <clears throat> like I, I listen to a lot of tyler childers i listen to so i couldn't tell you the only one she uh what's the guy morgan um morgan wallen yeah she I likes like him. morgan wallen she does actually. too yeah, I actually like him. He's the one that got uh, got his career shut down for saying the N word. That's right. Yeah. 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 Sound like anyway. some country, but it's the older stuff. Like I saying, like <clears throat> like George Strait. And I like some Carter of that too. I like but some she's, of that too. she's been coming around, so I think she's leaning towards country now. Yeah, I uh, I've just decided I'm gonna start being a cowboy. But if there's one thing I would uh, tell you mothers out there is don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Um, don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks. You know, let them be doctors or lawyers and such. You know what I mean? Like a wise man said that one time in a poem, and it just really <laughs> stuck with me. You know, mama don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Um, but I couldn't help it, man. I grew up to be a cowboy, and uh, that's just who I am. I'm gonna start chewing tobacco again. I did so I did when I was younger. I'm gonna start it back up again. What kind? Um, I I, I dipped. I always chewed Taylor's Pride when I was younger, but I think I'm gonna switch to Red Man because I'm gonna be a cowboy. I would, when I did, I chewed Taylor's Pride or Levi Garrett. I've done, yeah, I've done some Levi. I, I used, that was Levi Garrett and Taylor's Pride were my top two. But I think i got to switch to Red Man now that I'm a cowboy. It seems right. seems like I'm supposed to chew Red Man. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, Yeah, I dipped, in, I dipped, dipped and chewed for a while there. but I dipped for a little while. I started dipping when I was about 12 years old. Damn. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to be bad, I think. Like and that the, was about my like first kids step. in the Sandlot? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, I used to dip, and I remember, man, one day, and I got sick off dip a few times now. Hell yeah. I got real sick off some natural cut one time. I went and stayed the night at my cousin's house, and his cousin. Is that no, the one you got to, like, pull it apart? It's like you got to break it off like a plug? No, no. We, we, we were just dipping, just a can of Grizzly. Natural oh, cut. Dip, nat- okay, yeah, yeah, it was just natural. Uh, not the, wasn't a wintergreen. It was just the natural. And, uh. We were riding around his Camaro, listening to his his twelves beat the beat the block down. You know how we did back in the day. And I think I was probably I think I, was, I dipped before. It wasn't my first time dipping. I was probably thirteen or fourteen. And um, anyway, we were riding around, and he gave me a dip. And man, I put a big old child in, boy. <laughs> and I remember we was riding around, and we got to church, and I had my dip in when I got to church. 
And I was like, hey, y'all, I got I to gotta slip around here around back from the church. And it was the church I grew up in, one of the churches I grew up in. But I had moved to Columbus at that point. And I, I was like, uh, I need to slip on around here around the side of the building. And I walked around the side of the building, and I threw up everywhere, <laughs> boy. I started yakking. And I, could, I didn't want to tell nobody that I was throwing up because they were going to make fun of me. Yeah. You know, oh, you little punk, you know, you you, you don't really do it. Do, do, do. You know, I don't want everybody to think I was cool. And I went over there and threw it all up. Isn't that weird you still go back to it, though? Because I remember the first time I took a dip, I got sick. Ooh, boy. That wasn't even my first time. But I tell you, I dipped. I used to dip at school. I sure did. I dipped in the middle of class uh, at, a, at, a, at a manual mm. at a Christian school. Uh, right? And I'll tell you two funny stories about that. One of them, it was uh, I took a dip at break. We went to break. We came back up. And I didn't take my dip out. I was like, man, I'm finna run this. I think I wanted to get in trouble. You know what I mean? I think I just, because I got up there and I sat down at my desk and I, I was sitting there and Miss White was the teacher. I love Miss White. I have no idea what she's up to now. Maybe she's listening to this. I doubt it though. Uh, but I love Miss White at Emmanuel. She was sitting there and she was teaching and uh, she may have known and just not said anything. Just you let know? you slide. Yeah. But uh, she, she, I got up there and I was dipping and I realized I don't have anywhere to spit this. And so I'm just like, shit. I'm sitting up here with a, with a, I'm talking about a lip full. And I got, no, I didn't even, that's how dumb you are when you're in the mm-hmm. seventh grade. You know what I mean? Like I was in seventh grade and you're just so dumb. You just, I was sitting there in class with a mouthful of chow. And uh, I was like, man, I ain't got nowhere to spit this thing. So the, the, the spit started sw- welling up in my mouth. And then the, dr- the dreaded happened. She hmm. called on me to say something they asked for an answer and i was like i answered and i answered like i went and she said jake what do you have in your mouth and i said miss white i said uh i don't feel very good in my stomach and i just don't really want to swallow my spit right now because i don't i'm I'm nauseated she goes you need to go to the bathroom i said yes ma'am she said, go to the bathroom, and I took off like a dart boy. I darted out of there, went there, and spit that stuff out in the toilet and flushed it. That was quick thinking, though. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And then another time, I'll never forget this one. It was me and my a boy named Brett Barksdale and a boy named Justin Butler. And me and Justin grew up to to go around. We didn't like each other when we got a little older, but then we made up later. But uh, I actually tell the story. I think I may have told the story is why me and Justin didn't like each other. But in the seventh grade, one day, me, Brett, and Justin were passing a can of a grizzly around, and he it was his. He opened it, and he leaned it over to give some to either me or Brett. We got some out, put it in our mouth, and put on the way back. Somebody hit it, and the dip went flying all over the carpet. I mean, just everywhere. So she's on the board writing up at the front of the classroom. We dive into the floor, and we're, like, scraping into the can real quick before she turns around. Swear to God, there's no way she didn't know. There's no way she didn't know. We're like scraping it, trying to get it all picked up. We get it all picked up, run over there, rub what's left into the carpet, grab a can of Lysol, spray Lysol onto it, and cover the smell up. And then sat got sat back down before she turned around. But your luck's going to run out one day. And it did. In the eighth grade, the next year, that same boy, he had brought a can of dip with him to school. And, uh, uh, I used to sell dip and cigarettes at school when I was younger. Uh, I'd sell Newports. I'd, I'd either sell it by the pack, which is about for twenty dollars. I'd sold Al Capones. I sold Newports by the pack or Marlboro or by the cigarette, a dollar per cigarette. 
and then I would sell dip either by the can or by the pinch, right? So Damn, he was making some cheese. It wasn't that many kids I was selling to, but I was, I was selling to a lot of upperclassmen, and um, I was selling to a few kids in my grade. So, um, but I wasn't making a ton of money, but I I was making a little bit. So, uh, Justin brings a can of dip to school one day that I think he had stole from his granddaddy or his mm-hmm. daddy or something. Anyway, we all go to the bathroom. We all get us a, a dip. While we're doing it, one of the seventh graders walks in. We don't think anybody, think about it. Everybody in school knows me and Justin dip yeah. and smoke. You know what I mean? Everybody in school knew. Uh, we, so, I didn't think about it. We took a dip out, put it in my mouth. I went, went outside. We went, went with a break. You know, I dipped while I was at break. Stupid. Just I think back to it, like I could have been expelled for that mm-hmm. at that school. Stupid, oh, yeah. you know. And uh, we were sitting there, and then we go back to the room, and th- the teacher comes to the door and goes, "We need to see, I need to see Jake Reeves because Justin had failed the year before. He was still in seventh grade. I, was, I moved up to the eighth, and Justin was standing out in the hallway. And Miss BB said, "Boys, I need to know where the dip's at. <laughs> who's got who's? No, she said who the the the." I need to know where the snuff is. I think she said, "Where's the snuff?" And uh, or chewing about. She called it something it wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, "Miss Baby, I don't know what you're talking about." And she goes, "Well, here's the deal. You can either give it to us now, or we're gonna search your lockers, and we're gonna find it that way." Well, I ain't have shit in my locker, so didn't matter to me. Uh. So I was like, "Miss Baby," I said, "I honestly don't know what you're talking about. As far as I know, Justin ain't got nothing. You know." Then Justin says, it's mine, Miss BB. I got it. His locker. He has it's, in his locker. It's in his locker. But that's where it was. It was in his locker. You know, he was like, it's mine, Miss BB. She goes, okay. And she, he said, she said, uh, did you have anything to do with Jake? Because they said that it was you and Justin. And I said, no, ma'am. I said, that ain't got to do with me. I'm, I'm sorry, but like, we ain't both going to need to be getting in trouble. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, so I was like. So somebody dimed y'all out? Yeah, somebody dimed us out. And uh, she said, you know, you go, you know, and Justin was like, no, nah, he, he didn't have nothing to do with it. You know, it was like, it was just mine. I was like, that a boy, you know, appreciate it, dog. So I go back to class. I was in class for most, a couple more, another hour or so. And uh, they called me back to the office. I'm like, son of a bitch. And now I'm in the, now I'm in the principal's office with Coach, with Coach White. And he was an older gentleman, big white mustache, you know. He, he was also the head football coach. And, um, I'm in, I'm in the, there with Coach White, and he said, uh, Jake Reeves, you lied to me, boy. And I said, no, sir, I didn't lie to you. He said, that was your snuff. I said, no, sir, it wasn't my snuff. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Any other day it might have been. Yeah. But that day it wasn't, you know. And uh, he said, well, Justin came in here, and at first he said it was his and it wasn't yours. But he told us he just said it was his because he was scared you was going to beat him up or something. <laughs> and he said it was really yours the whole time and it wasn't his. And I was like, well, Coach White had it get in his locker then. You know what I mean? Like, it was in his locker. He goes, well, we called your daddy, your mom and daddy, and they on their way up to school. And boy, when I knew they called my daddy, I got scared then, son. <laughs> my, I started to have tears well up in my eyes. I was like, Coach White, I was like, that ain't mine. That is not mine. He said, well, we still going to report it. Like, we're, we're going to tell them what happened. My dad at this point is in Northport going on a Valentine's date with my sister. About to be. I bet he was so mad. Him and I think him and my mom were both going. They were both meeting their own, them for Valentine, her for Valentine on Valentine's Day to go eat. And they hadn't quite got there yet. And so then they had to turn around and drive all the way back 
It was the first year they were in the new school over on off Highway 50. Oh, drive all the way back to basically Caledonia. And, yeah, he was pissed. And I got suspended. And uh, <laughs> I was like, Daddy, it, it wasn't mine. Legitimately, it wasn't mine. And me and Justin already had one falling out because I'll tell the real story on this, too. Me and him had went to, to uh, you remember Movie Time Video behind Subway in East Columbus? Mm-hmm. So we went to Movie Time Video, and we told, we told Mama that we were going to run a game which we did, we rented two games. We just didn't tell her about one of them. We rented two movie, one, a mo- two movies and two games. So the two the games she knew about was we rented Call of Duty, right, like the, one of the first ones. Yeah. This is like 2013, 2003, 2002, 2003. We get one of the first Call of Duty games where it's like World War II. Mm-hmm. We got Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which I was 100% not allowed to have. At that time, <laughs> my parents would have had a cow had they known I was playing a game. I was also not allowed to watch horror movies as a child, and we rented Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then we, we rented another movie, and we stayed up all night playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And the next day, he's like, hey, Jake, I'll take it back. Since you can't play it anyway, let me take Grand Theft Auto home. I'll take it back when, you know, to the movie place because my parents don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just take the, the, the movies back. Well, three months later, Movie time videos calling. Hey, where's our, where's our game? We're still waiting on Grand Theft Auto. To you know, you guys still ain't returned Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And my parents were like, "Did you rent that game?" And I was like, <laughs> "Nope, <laughs> nope, denied, denied." And I was like, the worst summer of my life because the rest of the summer, my dad held over my head. He was like, "Well, we're gonna go down there and look at the video to see who uh, who rented it." And I, I had to pay for it because they said, "Well, your friend's the one who." Got the game while y'all were out down there. He just decided to keep it. He's never going to take it back. And so I had to pay out of pocket for it. Oh, uh, and I and I you know I had a job in the summer, and uh, so I had to pay for it. And I think it was like a I think it ended up being he eventually did take it back, but it was like two months later. It was like sixty dollars in late fees, seventy dollars in late fees. Um, Dang. And I ended up having to pay it. And then they said that we were one day late on one thing, but I knew we weren't because I the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I took that back. Yeah. I took back all the all of them at the same time, and the only one they said was a day late was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I took back at the same time I took the other one. So it's like they were trying to get me in trouble. Yeah, they were little bastards. It was I don't think Movie Time Video knew that I was going to get in trouble for having that movie. But um, anyway, Man, I had one like that one time. Uh, it was a VHS tape from Blockbuster. Yeah, and it was that movie. Old Fre- school. Me and my buddy Craig had rented that movie. Freddie got fingered. Tom Green. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he wanted to we rented it on my account but he wanted to keep it because he thought it was a great movie and I was like alright so we went to Blockbuster and told him like look you know the, my v- it was a VHS tape and was like look my tape player ate the video you know so we don't have it and they tried to like they tried to tell us some outrageous numbers gonna be like well that's like a hundred dollar fee and this and that and was like was like well my, my, my video player ate it I, I can't help that you know so I threw it away and uh, they kept trying to charge us a fee so we kind of panicked. I can't remember what grade we were in, maybe eighth. And uh, <laughs> so we panicked, drove all the way back home and got the movie and took it back to him and said, oh, it's a different movie. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, I remember they were trying to trying to get us with that big fee, and I was like, no, I, ain't, Man, I can't pay that They'll fee. eat you alive with them fees, son. That's how they make oh, their money. That's Man. how they make their money, boy. I'm, I'm telling you. Look, that was the worst summer of my life because my dad like held it. Instead of actually going to look at the videos to see that it was I was there with him yeah. renting that game and stuff. He never did that. He played the psychological warfare game. He just reminded me about once every other week that he was going to. 
<laughs> and just let me simmer. He just knew. I mean, he knew because I remember one time it was like it was toward the end of the summer and he let it go for like a month. We hadn't talked about it. It hadn't come up and the whole, my heart's fluttering the whole month long. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got to go up there to movie time video and look at those tapes. Mm. And I was looking at him and I just I choked in front of him. I went, uh, OK, <laughs> just so obvious, so obvious, man. You want to take this? Yep, I sure will. Um, so obvious, man, that that I I was guilty as a guilty as a as a fool, you know. But yeah, that was the story. Uh, but but I, but I will say you talk going back to to, to dipping snuff. We uh, are dip, you know. One day I was about 14, 15 years old, and I I went and got me a can of Grizzly Long Cut Wintergreen. That's what I always mm-hmm. dipped. It was cheap, but it was good enough that it wasn't you know like dipping what Tyler dips. And uh, I went to t- take that pinch out of out of the can, and I went to put that sucker in my mouth, and it, man, I couldn't stand, I couldn't stand the smell of it. It gets like that when you get when you get burned out on it. Yeah, like the taste and the smell is just like. Ugh. I can't smell to this day. I cannot smell any dip without it making me want to yak. None. I yeah. can smell chewing back all day long. I yeah. can chew, I can chew tobacco. This just tastes like raisins to me. Yeah. But I can't uh, any kind of dip. Like I don't care if it's straight, long cut, short cut, wintergreen, natural. I don't care. I don't care. It sucks. I don't mind the smell of them much, but that one that Tyler dips, the peach flavor one, is disgusting. They're all awful to me. I always cycled back back and forth between the um, the peppermint skull or Uh the or the silver top Copenhagen, but that that damn Copenhagen high dollar man, you ain't lying. That high dollar. They're both pretty high dollar, really. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean you. I, I, it was never really tobacco was never really been my thing. I've never been much of a. I've never really been one to get like addicted to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I smoked and I smoked Marlboro Reds on and off up until yeah. I was eighteen. The moment they were legal, it wasn't cool anymore, and I started fighting. Yeah. That was a big thing too. I did off and on throughout the military and and whatnot, but then I just I can't tell you last I time can, I've had I a cigarette. Can't, now. I can't stand the taste of them now. If I if I smoke yeah. a cigarette now. Yeah. I, but to this day, I tell you something. I still get cravings when I smell somebody light a Marlboro Red or a Marlboro Light. That first light yeah. of that chemical or whatever they put on the end of it, whatever. And I smell that boy, it triggers me. Yeah. My mouth will salivate just a little bit wanting one. But if I actually taste it, I think it tastes like shit. Them Reds, some Reds are tough. Uh, any of them, I don't like the way any of them taste. <laughs> um, I had a good, I had a cigar a while back. It's only I smoked, you know, but. That- well, that one we had in Connecticut was the last, last. That's the last one I've yeah. had. That's yeah. the first, first one I've had, and I couldn't tell you when. I had one a few weeks before that. Me and Alan had one down in New Orleans. Um, you know, but it was before that had been a while. Yeah. You know, one time I, I bought some Cubans down in, in the Bahamas, or, or maybe some knockoff Cubans. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. doesn't matter because I don't know enough about cigars to be able to tell the difference. Me neither. If you tell me it's a Cuban, to this day, if you tell me it's a Cuban, I, I can't tell you. And I smoke it. Well, shit, I smoked the damn Cuban. It all tastes the same to me. Yeah, and I will good. say, the Cuban I smoked, it, I'm going to be honest, it smokes like every other cigar I've ever smoked in my life. I wonder what, I mean, what? what's the big deal about it? I guess because there, there was so much we well, could. It's supposed to be the best. There's, I think there was, was something to the fact that the trade embargo, but they were like the best cigars in the world. They said it was like the best tobacco, best cigars were, were from Cuba. That's what everybody huh. used to say. I don't know if that's true or not. but You can get them now, though. Right? Yeah, now yeah. I think you can. Um but they're still expensive. Yeah. And we went down there, and I, I paid a good little penny for the one I bought. We bought a couple of them. Man, I smoked a few puffs off that thing, and I was kind of like, all right, I'm kind of done with it. Because, you know, to, to smoke a cigar takes time. Hell, yeah. You're going to sit there for a minute. 
and we were sitting out on a cruise ship, you know, and I was 18 years old, you know, yeah. like, I'm like, dude, I'm ready to, <laughs> let's go do something. Like, I don't want to just sit out here on this deck smoking a cigar. I don't like how the end gets all soggy neither. Yeah. That ain't, you can have that. You got to, you got to make sure you just biting it with your teeth. Yeah. That, don't bite it with your lips. But then my damn cheek muscles start getting sore because you're like, yeah, it's clenched you're like, yes, the whole time. Yeah. Well, they can't see, but they can see over there. Like that. He's pulling his lips back and biting. <laughs> so yeah, I I know what you're saying, but yeah, I'm I still. But I will say, as I've aged, something in me has shifted. Where the idea of the sitting on the end on the like the deck on the end of a cruise ship all by myself smoking a cigar alone at night and uh, out in the water like that, kind of sounds like a good idea, a, like a fun time, much more fun time than it was at that time. At that time, there was like a little club on the night, yeah. night on the cruise ship. I was like, man, let's go to the club. Let's go dance. Let's go, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. Talk to girls or whatever, you know. Yeah. But when you're, you know, when now that I'm 31, I'm kind of like, man, I tell you what, I'd sure rather sit on the end of that ship and I don't even like smoking cigars, but I'd still rather do that than yeah. go to that nightclub. We went to a club in Memphis after Hannah won. I was so miserable. I didn't want to be there. Couple, got a couple fight. weekends back. Yeah, when we were up in Memphis for her match after Allen's fight, <clears> we went to the Tin Roof, and boy, I was I, and I just don't didn't I didn't want to be there. Me and Balin got in a fight right before we went up there too. So that makes uh, that yeah. always makes for a fun night. Yeah, you know, yeah, nothing like nothing nothing to make a fun night like getting in a fight with your significant other. Yeah, right before you leave. Man, I hadn't been on Bill Street in years. I bet twenty years almost. Yeah, I was, I was. I was in high school last time I went. I think I was tired too, honestly. Y'all had a long day, though. That yeah. was a long drive. Yeah, it was a long drive. Well, long weekend. Hannah actually. turned up, and me and Balin, I left them there. Me and she Balin did, went back to the room. indeed, turn up. I she wasn't did. there, but I could tell from the next day. Yeah, she turned up. <laughs> you know, she she kind of drinks at one speed, man. If there's, she, she kind of. <laughs> just ludicrous speed. Full blast. I had my microphone turned around backwards this whole time. Wow, I could hear you still pretty clear. Yeah, I got a loud mouth. That's crazy. That's wild. That's what, I was wondering why my my sound quality didn't sound very good in the headphones. Hmm. Man, it makes a world of difference. Sure does. <laughs> my goodness, I feel like kids today they don't they don't turn up like we used to, man. Ain't no way. I mean, I really they don't like you don't have bar, you don't even have like clubs and stuff anymore. You know, like, like matter of fact, to, they turn up different in clubs. I saw something come across my Facebook the other day. It was a club full of people wearing headphones. I have seen this before. And the DJ was playing music in these headphones, but if you listen to it, all you hear is like sneakers skidding across, like a gym floor. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, it's a quiet rave. Everybody just dancing. That's what that's called, yeah. It's weird. Quiet rave, yeah. That ain't turning up. I mean, it's kind of a cool idea. I mean, I like the idea. You can party anywhere when you do that. You don't have to worry about like uh, like noise violations in neighborhoods. That's, that's turning up, though. You know? Like yeah. when you got people knocking on the door, turn it down, you're like, oh, we're partying because. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in my day, I mean, people threw down. I mean, we yeah. threw down. I mean, we uh, kegs, and I mean, just oh, we, yeah. we'd have pe- we'd have houses packed out. We'd have. I'm not saying kids don't do that anymore, but but not to the same level. They probably you know, don't. Columbus had a had a full on like club at one point. Sure now Starville don't even have a club anymore. I bet if you ask some of these kids Bricks. that come in here and box and and like the younger ones and and do jujitsu and all that, I bet they don't know what a keg stand is. You don't think so? All right, we're gonna put that to the test. We're gonna all put right. that to the test. Dude, I'm gonna be disappointed. They don't know. The, I bet Austin does. Hey, oh yeah, yeah. smart though. Yeah, he's smart about that. Hey, oh yeah. Hey, oh yeah. I know what a keg stand is, man. So he, yeah. I saw him. He come back the other night. So did he? Yeah. Did he he's train begging Thursday? me. To, yeah, he's begging me to let him do the smoker, and I'm like, no. 
are you serious? Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not letting you do the freaking smoker, dude. Like, you it would take just, one, it, would take, on, it would take one powerful leg kick. He's wanting to do just down. box. Like, uh, some crazy people just want to box, too, you know. Um, huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. He was like, man, let me uh, let me do it, let me do it. I'm like, no. Huh. Not letting you do that. How many matches you got lined up? I don't even know. I don't even know. Because I... Well, shoot, I'm trying to pull up our email. Um, I had a bunch of people pull out. Dang. And, but I had a bunch of people coming, and I, I think I've got a bunch of people coming that I don't know that are coming. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll with it tomorrow and just see what happens. You know, they show up, they show up. It'll be some good sparring either way. Yeah, either way, it'll be um, it'll be all right. Nope, didn't get anything there. Um. I saw you. I, I talked to Dan. He said he's judging. Who else you got judging? Um, I think I'm just gonna let some of the. I don't know really. You want to judge? <laughs> I might let you judge if you want to judge a little bit. You know, mm. felt comfortable. Mm. Um, I'm I was coming to help out anyway. Yeah, I don't know yet. I don't know. I'm just gonna see who's here. I'll probably help get some of the judges to help. I mean, the other coaches to help. Like if they don't have somebody, yeah. fight and see if they want to help judge. Yeah, I was planning on being here. I know Phil said he's gonna be here. Yeah. So, um. It'll be a good time. I'm just getting some sparring in and letting these young guys kind of get some experience before they, you know, take an actual fight and fight or you know fight for real. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little, little experience for them. I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. If it's not, I just won't do it again. I think it'll be good. I've already basically lost money on it because I bought some chairs and stuff for the. Uh, yeah, now you'll make your money back on those. I mean, you'll keep those here. Yeah, but I mean. I wouldn't need if I wasn't doing that. I wouldn't need them for anything. Yeah, it's just gonna be something for parents to sit down there on while their kids while they're watching their kids. I'd really rather them leave and drop the kids off anyway. Most of the time, yeah. depending on the parent, you know. But yeah, it's uh it's uh it's kind of crazy. Well, um, you was talking about a while back doing in-house jujitsu tournaments too. I mean, yeah. So I mean, you'd make. Yeah, that's true. I'd have that, to could, have, that could be the next thing you do. After yeah, this. probably will be. Thought about doing some combat jujitsu. I remember That'd you saying dope. that. It'd be dope to match a combat jiu-jitsu card. I don't really want to be a matchmaker, though. So what is what is combat jiu-jitsu limited to? Like, is you can open hand strikes when you're on the ground. Not standing? Mm-mm. When you're standing, you can't throw strikes. Once it's on the ground, then you can throw open hand strikes. Strikes only no, like, knees and stuff no like knees, that? No knees, no elbows, no punches. Open hand strikes only. Hmm. So you, slap, you can slap them. Yeah. Slap the shit out of them. And you take a bunch of them down, you take a dozen slaps of the head, that's going to hurt. Hell yeah. You take, I tell you what, you get slapped by a lot of these fools one time, it's going to hurt, buddy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, I, I, you get some of these fellas that they're hitting you with that palm. I mean, because you just got to be open hand. It ain't got to be with the fingers. You know, I hit you with my palm, and I mean, it's, I bet you it'll feel about damn like a punch, you know. That'll make a big difference, I bet. Yeah, it changes It's kind of like MMA. You know, when you're doing jiu-jitsu, you go for something, you're like, I'm going for it. But then you go for a submission and somebody's like, you know. Punching you in the mouth. Hammer fist in your head. I'm a firm believer in punching people in the mouth. I can't continue to go for this lock that's right here when I'm getting hammer fisted. Yeah, I've seen people. I've seen people, they'll put somebody in a leg lock and they'll sit there and hold the leg lock. Just and just, just eat punches and take so much damage. Brendan Allen lost a fight. He's in the UFC now, but he lost a fight with the promoter he was with before the UFC. Um, one of his losses, that's how he got it. He got a hold of a leg lock and the, was just not letting go of it. 
and the guy was just posturing up and just raining strikes down. <laughs> and he was just holding that leg lock, and he was just taking punishment. Taking, and by the end of the round, then the, the round ended, and he was hurt. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. He was hurt. And so he had taken all that punishment. It's like you could tell he didn't really recover in the second and got finished in the second. Damn. So, it, uh, I mean, it changes the game for sure. And he's an MMA guy. He's like a good wrestler, good MMA fighter. He's not a like a jiu-jitsu guy that just came over and did MMA. I mean, yeah. that's just a mistake you know, just a good MMA fighter can make is holding on to something that you should have let go of and, you know, getting the shit kicked out of you for it. Happens all the time. Hmm. You know? So if you if you do a jiu-jitsu tournament, is it going to be in-house or are you going to let other schools come around? Well, it, it still it still be in-house even though the other – because it's in-house. It's, we're having it here. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd let other schools do it. I wouldn't just – I mean, we don't have enough people that are gym to right. well, yeah. really – like enough people all at the same weight class too. Like, I mean, the whole point to me of doing it is to get work with mm-hmm. other people. Okay, you know, yeah. like people you're not used to getting work with. We had a big affiliation. We had like nine or ten schools that are in our affiliation. Then all the schools come together and do it. That'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not really the case. So, I think that'd be dope. Be dope. Be dope. I'm just oh. making, trying to make beats like Wesley with a pen. Um, Takes a long time. Man, you, you, got, you got skills, man. <laughs> you're a skilled beat a desk, DJ, a desktop drummer, De- desktop drummer, dude. I've been doing it since like fifth grade. Dude, you're pretty good at it. You're probably the best, <laughs> I, best I know. You know, if y'all never heard Wesley's desktop desktop drumming, yep. it's pretty good. Yeah, you want to give us a little? You I give us a, yeah, I can. You got two pins? Yeah, I got you. Hold on, we'll, we'll put a microphone <laughs> up next to it. Here we go. Here we go. All right, okay, Wes Dunham. <laughs> The desk trot top drummer. Let's get it. Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, it's coming through pretty good. <laughs> hey. West of <laughs> Texas heart throb Dunham, the the world champion desktop drummer. That's it, that's if you it. know a better desktop drummer, get it on video and you send it to manuppodcast90 at gmail.com. There may be some good ones coming in. Uh, maybe. <laughs> they may show you up. That's all right, Tom. We will ho- I'm, I'm going to start hosting instead of just jiu-jitsu tournaments. I'm going to host a desktop drummer championship. Next quarter be desktop drumming. Desktop drumming, dog. And the next quarter after that be combat jujitsu. Combat jujitsu. Yeah, we'll do striking, desktop drummer, combat jujitsu, regular jujitsu tournament. Desktop like drummer it. again. I like it. Kickboxing smoker again. I like it. Or just do desktop drummer in between each other like combat event. Nice. I think it's good, man. Look, let me tell you something. Of of all my friends that are, uh, we were all amateur desktop drummers at one point. I think you're the best, man. I think you're the best. I think you're the best in the game. When I yeah. uh, when I lived in Texas, I went to um, actually I did it in sixth grade, I think, because I I moved from South Fort Worth to West Fort Worth, a completely different school, and these kids up there were just beating on their desks. I was like, man, that's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. So they were good at it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Were they Hell Were they yeah. better than you now? Yeah, they were grandmasters. That's where I learned from. Oh really? <laughs> it was like yeah. Like what, sixth grade, I think. Dang, that's some badass seventh sixth grade. Seventh grade, I think. They're getting down like that in the sixth and seventh grade. Yep. 
man. Beating on the Did y'all play the game in the sixth, seventh grade where you take the, the top of the, the can and you flick each side of it? And whoever makes the the can make it makes it break off wins. Uh-uh. That was like our shit back in the day. You you pop your can of soda and you drink it or whatever, and then you take the little top that you pop the can with and you make it stand up straight, and you each take turns flicking it, and then eventually that thing will pop off, and then whoever makes it pop off wins. Huh? That no, was we never shit. played that. There was a bunch of games though. That, you ever remember that one? Did y'all play one called Bloody Knuckles? Oh hell yeah! Where you thumped it, it took turns thumping each other's knuckles. Oh no, when we played, we did that one too. We take the finger and you pull it back and thump it. No, it was just like a straight up thumb. Okay, no, when we played Dang. Bloody Knuckles, we balled our fist up and we punched each other in the knuckles. Oh yeah, that was bloody. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, we call we play pluck where you take yeah, your hands. That's it. Yeah, you had to put your hand just like put that, your yeah. hands together and then you thump. Yeah, yeah, I hate that shit. Yeah, and then there was another one where you could like put your fingers on the desk like that and slide a quarter between them. And you have two two hands on the on the desk. You just take turns slinging a quarter at each other's knuckles, and whoever gave up first. Hmm. I didn't play that one. That shit hurt. I never played that one. That's the only one I haven't played. It hurts real bad. Really? It don't so, sound like it would hurt that bad. Shit. <laughs> huh. You do it like this. You like you put your fingers like that, and you get a like a uh, or you, like a quarter between your thumb, and you sling it at the other person's knuckles. That does not sound like it would hurt. Oh man. Really? Hell yeah, it does. Man, Hell after yeah. About, yeah. Then your knuckles will be all bloodied up. Like, really? I was into the ones you didn't have to bust your knuckles up, like pencil breaks and shit like that. Yeah, we played a lot of pencil breaks. Um, those round pencils, those strong round pencils always took it home. Dude, those, my, those yellow number twos never stood a chance. No, but the ones that were made out of like recycled composite and all that bullshit, but they look like regular yellow pencils, but they're like basically plastic. My middle brother, Daniel, run some money on them. Really, man, he was <laughs> he was he was taking fools, just breaking all these pencils before people find out it was a damn composite pencil. That's crazy. He's running the game. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I do what I used to do. Have I ever told you about? Have I ever talked about my side hustle on here before? I know y'all know about it. My other side hustle. So my first side hustle was I started selling. I was selling dip by the pinch. I was selling cigarettes by the cigarette, or I'd sell it by the but you know by the pack. And then I started selling. Um, my parents owned a vending company, right? And they would have all these snacks go out of date. And so what I would do, and if you a lot of times you take an alcohol swab, you can get them dates off of there. Mm. But I didn't care. I would even tell the kids they were out of date because kids don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So I'd get a big old, I'd get me a, a, my book bag, and I'd leave all my books at school, and I'd load up with um, out of date, like honey buns, apple uglies, um, Ooh, what's an apple ugly? An apple, it's it's like a it's like a fritter, mm. like a like a imagine like an apple fritter. Okay, that's essentially what it was. Apple ugly. They had blueberry. They had blueberry fritters, apple fritters, and it was they called them apple uglies, blueberry uglies. Mm. They're ugly little pastries. They were good. They were super they were. good. <laughs> and then, um, you know, creamy curl honey buns. You know, cream filled oh, and yeah. all that stuff. Man. I'd take them suckers to school and I'd undercut all the vending machines, so I'd sell cheaper. I'd sell a, a honey bun for fifty cents. Or I'd sell yeah. a bag of chips for twenty five cents, but you got to buy five, four. Mm-hmm. Give me a dollar, I give you four. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? That yeah. way I didn't have a bunch of change rattling around. Or I would just go and uh, my mom is a, the sweetest lady in the world, but she packed the most disgusting lunches <laughs> that you could imagine. <laughs> they were awful, and so what she would do? <laughs> what was she putting in them? <laughs> like hummus and stuff? No, like uh, uh-uh, <laughs> no, no. She it wasn't nothing like that. She would take a two stale pieces of wheat bread and put your one <laughs> slice of ham on it and a glob of mayonnaise right in the middle. 
slap them together, and maybe that's your sandwich. That's what you eat for lunch. And she just throw that sucker in a sack and maybe an apple and send it to school. And that, that shit was nasty to me. Dang. And so I, I don't know. Just And I even like certain sandwiches. Yeah. But I don't know. I just usually I just threw my lunch in the trash and I would just go make my, get my own lunch. And so what I do is I take those out of date honey buns and stuff and I trade for pizza and I trade for because we didn't have a at Emmanuel we didn't have a like a like a lunch room. Oh, okay. There was no cafeteria. You know, you had to either order food in or bring your food from home. Now Victory does, but Emmanuel didn't at that time anyway. Huh. Okay. And so I would just trade with the kids who ordered in from like Pizza Hut and I'd eat Pizza Hut pizza and other people's sandwiches or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I so I ate and I made a lot of money that way too. I'd make, you know, I mean, I wasn't just killing the game, but it wasn't nothing for me to, <coughs> excuse me, it wasn't nothing for me to make, you know, $10, $15 in a day. Not a bad day. Yeah, sometimes I make more than that. Sometimes I make 20 25 30 you know, Hell yeah. on a really good day. That's good. On Creamy Curl Honey Bun Week, boy, or Ice Honey Bun Week, whenever we'd have some of them go out, Man, yeah, boy, I'd wreck it in then. I love those things. That like so did all the kids at school. Bear claws and all that shit. Oh yeah, man, the cream cheese danishes and strawberry. Bro, I ran the game. I was the I was the I was the pastry king in my middle school. I was the pastry king. You couldn't tell me nothing. You got me curious about this apple ugly though. Like, you don't see them anywhere. We sold them, but I, I don't see them anywhere else around here. Huh. Um, I was the pastry king though, man. I mean, I ran the game. I ran the game. I, you know, people talk about I was the game. <laughs> of the, I, I was the out-of-date pastry king. So of, the vending machines, the people was wondering, like, man, we ain't making a damn dime. <laughs> well, they were, it was out, I was only selling out-of-date stuff. Oh, the people with, with the vending machines. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah nobody was buying any of the vending machines. I, man, I, I'd have Cheetos, man, four packs of Cheetos for a dollar. What's good? They probably, man, they weren't stale, man. No, they've they been out of date a week, a day. That's a bad. Two days. They, they taste just like the ones in the machine. Sometimes they taste a little different, but now the, the pastries, you had to hurry and move them. You had to get them things moved. You oh, know. they get stale? They get stale on you. Really? The pastry, the honey buns and stuff, yeah. They go out of date, they'll get stale on you. They'll get moldy on you. Matter of fact, I ate a I ate a little, we had a little donut, one of the little mini donuts. I put it in my mouth. I was like, man, this thing tastes weird. And I ate it. Ugh. And I finished it. And I said, I'm going to give me another one. So I got me another one, took it. Man, this thing tastes weird as hell. I looked down at the third one. It was the coconut mini donuts. I looked down and had mold all on the inside oh, of that sucker. God. I'm talking about just eat up with it. And I was like, huh. I didn't throw up or anything. No, I just Damn, that's disgusting. Yeah, it was gross. So I've eaten mold. Um, (laughs) No, I I I ran I ran the pastry game though. I was the I was the man. Then I found out my next hustle that I had in high school. I don't know how we get on high school hustles. My next one I got into sometimes. I evolved to I continued to sell cigarettes and, and dip and stuff during all that time. I started trying to sell uh Vodka by and water bottles, but wasn't much of a wasn't much of a market for that at the private school I was at, Christian private school I was at. Not a lot of kids trying to drink a bottle of vodka at school, so uh, <laughs> couldn't couldn't really move anything there. Um, so then I got into uh, brass knuckles. I started selling brass knuckles. Nice. And so I went up to Gatlinburg and I'd go to those little shops in yeah, Gatlinburg. You can get them. <laughs> you can get them up there, right? And so I'd buy me 10, 15, 20 pairs every year. Well, I, I brought them home, and I sold them for double what I bought them up there for. I was like, dang, man. Well, somebody was like, well, why don't y'all just go down to the discount bargain barn? They have brass knuckles down there. And I was like, what? 
And sure enough, I went down to Discount Bargain Barn in East Columbus. You remember what I'm talking about? Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's Tucker's to, after school care now. Yeah, it used to be old man Kellum running yep. that thing. Well, they sold them as belt buckles or paperweights. You'd go in there and you'd say, "Hey, man, let me get some uh, belt buckles." <laughs> and they had, they'd have papers strode out all over the, the the glass case they kept them in, and they'd move those papers out the way. He goes, "Oh yeah," and he give me the quotations, belt buckles, huh? And when I found out he sold them for the same price I could get them in Gatlinburg for, what I used to do is I just buy all that motherfucker had every time. I just buy them out so nobody could go to him. <laughs> I'm just like, well, how many you got? I'll take all of them, you know? And so I go in there and just buy all of them. And he had the fat boys. That's the ones I really liked. They didn't have the little bar in the middle. Yeah. They just fit over your knuckles, and you can make a complete fist. It just had the metal right. on your hand. And that's one. they were more comfortable in your hand. I only hit somebody with one pair, though, one time. I bet that shit hurts. I'm sure bad. I'd Instagram and find out what happened to him. Mm. Um, I hit him in the back of the head, too. It actually hurt me. I ain't gonna lie, it hurt me. The one without the bar in there, yeah. Either one of them would have though. It, it hurt. Um, but yeah, then I went to Brass Knuckles and I, I sold Brass Knuckles for a while, and then uh, had my little fight club going. I made a little money doing that, and then I made a little money. I started selling guns, and that's when I started getting in that in that gun game, you know, because it's a natural progression, you know. Mm-hmm. Brass Knuckles. I was like, man, I make a little money on this brass on these Brass Knuckles. Hell let yeah. me get let me get let me get in this gun this gun running you know I thought I was freaking I thought I was freaking Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy it was before that show was out but um <laughs> so I thought I was I thought I was Jax Teller on Sons of Anarchy running guns I thought I was gonna be the next Nicholas Cage from God of War yeah. really I was just some dumb kid like selling stolen guns to you know there's money in pe- it uh... it was a little bit yeah I I, I sold uh, also sold a lot of uh, I was always just trying to find an angle. When I was young like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still a little bit that way, but, like, I'm not going to do any shady now. But at that that age, I didn't care. Yeah. And so I was I sold uh, a lot of stolen car parts. Mm. A lot of stolen car parts. Yeah. Subs. I knew, I knew some folks who do that. Amps. Um, CD. You know, CD players. Yep. I made something. I made, I made more money doing that than I did on guns. Yeah, I knew several folks who did that. Yeah. Because it's hard. You know, you there's not as much heat. You know, everybody yeah. wants subs and stuff and, and rims. I saw, I saw, but I didn't steal anything myself. But I'll tell you how the world moves in a circle. Karma going to come back and get you because yeah. um, I was selling them. You know, I remember I'd sell, wasn't enough for me to sell two kicker 15s for 250 bucks. You know, yeah. good deal. You know, good deal on them. And I went out, you know, I wasn't going to put the, the stolen stuff in my car. So I went to Hooper's, and I bought me two brand-new Pioneer Premier SPLs. I can't remember if the SPLs or Champion Series, but I believe they were expensive ones. The SPLs more expensive ones, the, the, the ones that set the world record at the time. And uh, I bought me two Pioneer Premiers. I bought me a, a big and super nice Kenwood amp. I bought me a nice box to go down in my, in my uh, Firebird. I bought all new wire, and I rewired the whole vehicle. I bought four Pioneer Premier door speakers. I bought... New tweeters, everything. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the works, boy. Yeah. R- ran all new wiring in my car. My power, my fuel pump went out, took it to the mechanic. Went back up there a few days later. It's actually one of the worst days of my life. Uh, <laughs> I say that. It really wasn't that bad in hindsight. But at that to that point, I was like, man, how could this day get more stressful? I was getting ready to go to work. I was in high school. And I was getting ready to go to work. I was loading up my vending truck because at this point, we've come full circle. Mm-hmm. I'm running the vending route my parents own now. 
So I'm out reloading the snack and drink machines. My mama comes out, hey, we got this letter in the mail. They got a warrant for your arrest. What had happened was I had gotten a ticket. A friend of mine told me they were going to take care of it, and they didn't. Mm. So they're like, you've got, and that they're like, you've got one day to be in court, or we're putting a warrant out for your arrest. So I didn't have the warrant out yet. So I'm like, shit. So I had to prove that I had insurance when I got pulled over because I did. Mm-hmm. But my insurance wasn't was in the car. So I had headlight out and I didn't have insurance. Was what my two tickets were for. Um, so I go up and I go to get my insurance out of my car. I'm like, dang it. And I go at my car's at the mechanic shop. And as I go to get my insurance out of my car, I look and somebody had yanked that system, those subs and that all that out of there. I mean, just yanked it out because because now the the power cords all frayed. Where you yeah. can see they just yanked it loose, and um, they took off with my amp and my subs. Then somebody came back later and stole my tweeters and my CD player. Dang, yeah, that's a bad day. That was a rough day. Oh man, that was a rough day. Yeah, mm. and I boy, I, I and I had saved up. I in a savings account, I had saved up like twelve hundred dollars. You know, when I was little, all mm. I, all my birthday money. Money I made working on summers and stuff, I'd put it, you know, I'd spend a little bit of it, but most of it, I, I had a little allowance. My parents gave me $2 a week for helping out around the house or whatever when I was young and helping with, like, you know, helping my dad on the weekends. And I'd save every dime of it, $2 a week, $2 a week. And I saved it up to about over $1,000. And uh, I spent it all on that system. And that sucker got janked, boy. <laughs> they got me. They got me, man. man they I got miss- me. Every dime, I spent, I spent about $800 on that system. Or more, uh, it's twelve probably twelve hundred four is all said and done with everything. And uh, I've had a couple me. good systems in my day. I, I, I miss systems. Yeah, that, that, you know, you don't really hear me. Anymore. You don't. You don't. Uh, but man, back in my day, that's what I'm saying. Kids don't party like we used to party, sure which is probably a good thing, really. Man, I had that little green Mitsubishi Eclipse loaded down with two kicker Solar Barrett twelves, mm. and I was pushing it with a twelve hundred watt Sony Explode amp, and it would thump pretty hard. You had me too. Said Sony Explode. It did the job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it probably did. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had those two premieres on that on that hatchback mm-hmm. Firebird, bro. I would beat the block down. I love systems, bro. I'd beat the block down. I still do kind of like them, but I don't like other people having them. Not as loud as, <laughs> not as loud as I, mine was when they get obnoxious with it. Yeah, yeah. I remember a little deal I did one time. Probably shouldn't tell this on here because he might listen. Um, <laughs> I had a little high point nine millimeter pistol that uh i had obtained and i don't remember exactly how i obtained it but i know that that pistol was not of the legal sort mm-hmm. and i kept it in my glove compartment because i was a moron and sometimes me and my friends would ride around and shoot road signs and stuff with that little nine millimeter just stupid mm-hmm. you know but I, I bought it to resell it you know to, to make a little money on i think i paid probably i think i paid 65 70 bucks i mean it's a high point to begin with yeah go out well, buy a brand new one legally for a couple hundred bucks at that time you know if that yeah I mean, they were cheap maybe 150 bucks yeah and then um it's stolen mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so i think i bought, bought it for like 60 bucks and uh a buddy of mine's little brother was like hey man send me that gun bro send me that gun he's like uh he's like i was like well i ain't really trying to sell it i was trying to sell it i just knew if i said that he wouldn't feel like he had negotiating power. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I really ain't trying to sell it, bro. He goes, man, sell it to me. I was like, all right, make me an offer. And I was thinking if he gave me $100 for that gun, $120 for that gun, that gun was sold. <laughs> he was like, I'll give you, you need a CD player in your truck, right? I was like, yeah, I'll give you this CD player for your truck 
and one hundred and forty dollars for it. Damn. And I was like, hmm, mulling it over for a second. Like, hmm, no, nah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> sure, bro. You, dude, he could have, he could have low. He, yeah, you made out on that. I one. made out on that one. I made out on that deal because uh, I would have taken so much less than that. And oh, I remember man. his brother was there, and his brother didn't say anything either. His brother knew how much I paid for the pistol, knew how much I take for it, and yep. he was like, "Well, if, he wants, if that's what he wants to open his offer with," and you know, man, that's something too that you, when you used to get systems like you'd have a a dope CD player, you know, but yeah. now everything's Bluetooth and all that, so people really don't have. Yeah. But you still need a good CD player to push, like, With you got, like equalizers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you need something that's. But I mean, yeah, most you don't have like the dope. Yeah. Like I remember you used to have those like fold screens yeah. and stuff, and that, man, that shit was dope. But I remember I had the one you press the button and the CD face, the yep. CD like face folded down, and you put the CD in it. That's what I had in mind. Yep. I thought I was. You couldn't tell me shit with that thing in there. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing. I'd, I'd press that button and the thing would fall down. They I'd were put, badass. I'd put they? my little mix CD that had thrown up by little John and the East Side Boys in. And just thump. And then when that thing would hit, boom, be thumping, boy. Man. Man, you couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me nothing. I used to do it because when, when I got out of the service and I was, I was going to EMCC afterwards, that's when I had them speakers and I'd roll up to EMCC. Man, I, I know them teachers were like, who is this fucking moron? White just, trash. I just roll by the, the windows. Windows. Yeah. I had an old man one time coming to my house complaining. My mom, man, I used to, I'd knock the pictures off the wall. Yeah, I mean, that, I that was your up. goal. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. I remember my mom coming like, you are rattling the plates off the wall. My mom had like decorative plates on the wall. She's like, you are rattling the plates off the wall. Turn it off. But And usually I was pretty good about not playing around the house and like in, in neighborhoods. Like if I was going down New Hope Road, you live on New Hope Road, I'm sorry, player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you should have got you should have moved to a neighborhood or out in the country. If I'm out on the highway, I'm sorry. Yeah. That ain't I my problem. They, I think people on New Hope Road know that because everybody rides. Yeah. Everybody back in the day. But uh you know, I was pretty good, but I was working on it one day and this old man came over. This is how much of a punk I was. Such a punk kid, dude. I wish I could go back if I went back in time right now and 31-year-old me met 17-year-old me, I would beat the living shit out of 17-year-old me. <laughs> because I, I didn't, I like, I, at that point, I still had not had my ass whooped. Yeah, Nobody beat my ass in a fight at that age. When I was a kid, they did, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, 9, 10. Yeah. But, like, as a teenager, I thought I was the shit. I was like, oh, I'm running this little fight club. Man, I fight for fun. This is what I do for fun. You can't touch me. I literally thought that way. I was like, nobody can touch me. Nobody can touch my shit. I, I thought I was the baddest dude in the world till I started training and doing MMA and jiu-jitsu. That was the, that was the wake-up call for me. Mm-hmm. Something about jiu-jitsu and MMA and training, like martial arts, is it takes the really cocky and humbles them and takes the really like humble and con- gives them confidence. Mm-hmm. Like It takes people that have no confidence in themselves and give them confidence, but it'll take a punk like me who thought nobody could touch my shit, and it taught me a lesson. Oh, yeah. you know. And this old man come over there, though, such a little punk. And he's like, hey. And he kind of pissed me off because he came at me all aggressive. And he was like, hey, turn that shit off. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? Fuck you, dude. Like, you know, I think I was like 16 at the time. He goes, I live over there and you done woke me up three or four times. Every time you come riding by, you knocking pictures off my wall and rattling my, my pictures and plates on the wall. And first off, I think he had me mix up with somebody else because I never played my system right in front of my house. Cause my dad would have beat my ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always waited till I got out. Cause I lived on Ben Christopher road yeah. and it was, the, I was the first house on Ben. If you turned left on Ben Christopher off new hope road, I was the first house on the left. 
Okay, yeah. Um, the, with the big windows up mm-hmm. front, and um, I no, we don't live. They don't live there anymore. But um, I always waited until I was way down the road before I turned my system on. And uh, I was like, man, get the fuck out of my yard, dude! Like you old ass man. Like I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep bumping. I'm going to keep being a punk. I was such a little punk kid, dude. <laughs> and he goes, right, right, he said something. And I was like, bye, see you later. Like, get off my lawn. I told an old man to get off my lawn. Uh, I don't remember if I actually said that, but he started walking home. And in my yard, there was like this little ditch that went in the middle of it. And he, he tripped and he <laughs> fell down in my yard. And I was such a little punk-ass kid. I laughed at him like out loud where he heard me. Like I started laughing. <laughs> That's how much of a piece of shit I was at that did age. Did you point? To, did you point? Like I'm that? sure. Yeah, I'm sure I did. And I like if if I had my friends with me, like I'd just do anything. You know what I mean? Like I was such a dummy. Um, one time we had a politician. I'm not going to use his name. Um, nice man. He came by. I wanted to talk to my parents. And he handed me like a like a card. I'd appreciate. Is your parents home? I was like, no, sir. He goes, well, I'd appreciate y'all's vote. Living Come. around that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not not across the road from me. Not, oh, okay. You know, not what Terry Brown. Um, it's John Holloman. I'll tell you what, because <laughs> uh, he didn't do anything bad. I did, and uh, he had—I think I had my head shaved at the time too, so you can imagine. And he hands me his card, and I said, "Uh, okay." And I threw the card behind my back, like in front of him, and then it made all my friends laugh. So, like, I'm really just being a little shit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He goes, and he just kind of like you know what I'm saying. He just went go back on his car. You could tell he was like mad, but just kept going. Dang. Just disrespectful little shit. Needed my ass beat. Had my parent, had my daddy known, known how I was acting, he'd have beat my ass. But you know, yeah. just being a little shit, man. Being a little shit. It's just, crazy how you are when you're young. I'm, I'm the same way. If I could go back and talk to my younger self, I'd dude, I'd beat my ass because that's what my, that's what I needed. I needed my ass beat because because I didn't think anybody could do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really just like in the back of my mind, I knew they could, but I was so cocky. And so arrogant, like, because I'd won all these little backyard fights against high school kids, mostly a few, a few like guys in their like early twenties that didn't know how to fight, didn't train, weren't in shape, mm-hmm. you know. And I'd, I beat those guys, you know, and I just I thought that meant that I was the baddest. And then I went to my first MMA class, and they beat the living dog shit out of me, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, like, all right, well, I need to learn this. Like, I, <laughs> I'm gonna hang around with these guys and see what they're doing because I'm doing something wrong, you know. That's crazy how that works. Yeah, it, but it straightened my ass up, dude. It changed my whole life, changed my whole perspective. Because I had a man, you can't touch me attitude. And once I found out there was some grown men out there, like I was still a kid, and there was some grown men that knew how to fight for real out mm-hmm. there, like they could for real fight, and they beat my ass. Like I was like, all right, I'm just gonna do this now. <laughs> I'm not gonna do all that other shit. I'm just gonna do this, you know. And that's, that's pretty much what I did. I still did a little bit, you know. I still I was still have my little my little fight clubs and um, which I, I shoot I do that right now at the gym if people wanted to do it. Bare, we'd have bare knuckle fights in the cage if that's what folks oh, wanted yeah. to do. I'd be down. I'd be here. Yeah. Well, oh I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd watch. Yeah. Too old to compete. I'm into it. They uh, we you know I had a lot of fun with that. I remember we had a little guy one time named uh, Bobby Merriman. Remember Bobby? Mm-hmm. And uh. We were like, all right, man. We got. He's like, man, give me a fight out there. Give me a fight out there. Y'all get me a fight with somebody my size. He's a little one thirty five. I said, all right, Bobby. But here's the deal. These guys out here will not fight somebody they know does jujitsu and MMA. 
if they know you're a fighter, and Bobby Bobby had a couple fights, mm-hmm. Bob, and Bobby was not a shitty fighter either. Yeah. Like he had he had good decent boxing, he had decent striking, decent uh, like a little decent jujitsu. Like he wasn't shit, mm-hmm. you know. I was like Bobby, if they find out that you're a fighter, they're not going to fight you. Like it's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? Are you talking about backyard? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a backyard fight. Because the only people they knew that trained was like me in Canyon. Nobody fight me either at that point. Because I'd beaten like everybody I'd fought. And then, then I started training and I was getting better. And then really nobody wanted to fight me after that. Mm-hmm. I had one one or two more after that, which I just beat up, beat the hell out of some, you know, yeah. unsuspecting <laughs> guy that was like, yeah, I'll try it. And I just, you know, beat him, just beat shit out of him. Is that when I fought my teacher's husband was after I started training. Um, <laughs> but he shows up, dude, and he's got his hands professionally taped. Like, Who Bobby does? Yeah. When we're meeting with the people, we were all going to meet at Walmart and then go to the place where we're going to have the fight because the guys didn't know how to get out there because it was out in the middle of nowhere where people couldn't find us. And he shows up with his hands professionally taped like he was, like, for real about to fight. I was like, Bobby, dude, what are you doing? The dude gets there, and the guy's like, whoa, man. He was like, is that dude – is he like a for, a for real fighter? Because, man, y'all told me he didn't. And I was, I was kind of being a little sh- shady because I was like, no, he don't really train. He's, you know, he's trained maybe a little, but, you know. And then Bobby's like, yeah, huh, huh, I've had like four fights. Du-du-du. And then he was like, well, I'm not fighting then. And it was over. And I was hey. like, Bobby, what the heck, man? In hindsight, what we were doing was shady. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah. Dang. Yeah, I got fight. I fought my, my English teacher's husband out there one night. <laughs> How'd y'all get him to come out there? Uh, we, we didn't meet. It was just happenstance. I didn't even know it was my English teacher's hu- husband. Had no idea. I had a teacher, uh, and uh, Miss Roberts, and she was one of my favorite teachers. And I had already started training and fighting and stuff. And I, it may have been, it may have been right after I, I just graduated. So maybe she was my teacher the year before. But we were. We were fighting, and we were like three or four fights deep. I'm refing and you know, kind of announcing the fighters and stuff. And uh, this guy is like, "Hey, well, I'll fight somebody." And this guy's probably in his—he's a few beers deep. He's probably in his early mid forties, you know. <laughs> and I'm probably eighteen at the time. And uh, he's like, "I'll fight somebody." They're like, "How much you weigh?" He's like, "I'm 185 pounds." Whoa, we got somebody. At that time, I was around probably one, 185, 190. Yeah. Jake, we got you a fight. We got you a fight. All right, bet. He takes his shirt off. Man, this dude's been stabbed like three times. He got stabbed. He's got a big old scar across his head where he had like surgery, put a plate in his head. And uh, he'd been in prison a bunch of time, been in and out of prison. I'm like, oh, man, this dude's, you know, he's probably going to be pretty tough, you know. I went out there and beat the shit out of him. But he was cool after. You know, I mounted him and started dropping elbows on him, knocked him unconscious. They stopped Damn. the fight. Um, from from elbows from mount, his eyes swell up. Had big old knots on his eyes, and and he was like, uh, he was like, man, you know, damn, that was crazy. You beat the shit out of me. He's like, we can be cool, man. He was old school, you know. You can beat the shit out of me. We're gonna be boys, you know. Yeah. Hell, if you're if you can take me, you're a bad motherfucker, you know. So uh, we were cool, and you know, hung out after. Next day, I'm ride, driving home, and my phone rings. It was my teacher, and I was like, hello, and he she goes, Jake. I was like. Uh, yes ma'am she goes do you know who this is I was like yes ma'am she goes what in the hell are you doing beating up my husband and I was like 
Come again? <laughs> do what now? She goes, what are you doing beating up my husband? And I was like, I don't really know what to say to that. And then she started laughing. And she was cool with it. She was. She was like. Dang. She was like. Uh, she was like. I didn't. Uh, she, she. I didn't even know he was going out there last night. He was just out with his buddies drinking, and they heard y'all were fighting, and they went out there. And then when I found out he was fighting you, she kind of stroked my ego a little bit. She was like, I, you know, she found out that he fought me. She was like, well, I, I could have told you Jake would have beat you up, you know, in a fight or whatever. <laughs> that's why I thought I was bad because everybody was telling me how bad I was, you know. And uh, but yeah, that's how that's how I beat up my Dang. teacher. I need. To, I need. I've been telling you for a long time. I need to watch some little videos. Yeah, I've got them here. Yeah, I've got them. I can put one pop one in when we get done. Uh, we uh, it, it was it was a pretty good time. We had we had I had another guy one time. He was uh, he came in and I don't know if they really told him that like at this point I owned Relentless. Mm-hmm. So this was like on I had a few fights on McCrary. Mm-hmm. When we first jumped in McCray, McCray Street, so we'd lock the front door and just have people come in the back door. And this guy, like I think David Barry, kind of hustled him into into fighting. Like kind of talked him into it. Yeah. So, but that's not what he told me. He tells me he's like, yeah, he said he's gonna come in here and whoop your ass or whatever, you know, getting hyped up. And I don't think they even told him, oh, this is his gym, you mm-hmm. know. So I go out there and t- I go to touch gloves with him. And I don't think he knew that you were supposed to touch gloves. So he just leg kicks me. So like I reach my hand out to touch gloves, <laughs> bam, he leg kicks me. And I took I took that personally. You know? So I just leaned into a right hand, boop, hit him. He turned away from me like he was running. I grabbed him around the waist and suplexed him. Um, onto his head. Well not well, kinda on his shoulder. I suplexed him kinda on to the side on his shoulder. Go straight to mount and just start beating the shit out of him and canyon knew that i was kind of mad because i went to touch gloves and he kicked me mm-hmm. so canyon let it go a little bit too longer than he probably should have like the fight probably should have been called but canyon was like mm, he leg kicked you when you try to touch gloves with him i'm gonna let you get some shots <laughs> and he did he let me get some shots you know he let me get my shots back um you remember when richie tried to pull a fast one on you like that not too long ago in the cage when y'all was sparring well, it was, i mean he's been gone for a while no what happened you don't remember that it, when y'all were sparring in the cage and, and you went to touch gloves and he touched and immediately leaned into the jab from the from the touch. Uh, you don't remember that? I don't remember that. I'm sure it, ha- it sounds yeah. very richy. He put it, it on like him for like 30 do. seconds. I thought it was hilarious. Man, I went and saw him. Uh, I went and saw him recently. I seen he was in the pictures on the yeah Hannah's part. He uh, he's turned into little Nas X. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, man. He's like he had like a he had like a he had like an AR-15 earring and a nose ring and then a, another kind of earring in the other ear. And he had on like cowboy boots, but he wasn't wearing boot-cut pants. So it looked weird. They were all tied around the top of the boot when he tried to put his boots around his pants around his boot. They weren't boot-cut, so it was all tight, you know. Hmm. Didn't really fit. It was all, it was all like – Memphis is a hell of a place. Yeah, he's, <laughs> Memphis changed that boy. Look, huh, yeah, he's on there, yeah. And I, and I clown on him. I call him Lil Nas X on there. I was like, man, you kind of look like a Lil Nas X, man. Like you're trying to be country, but you really just gay, you know. Like <laughs> that's, that's kind of what it what it kind of reminded me of, you know. Um, oh shit. You know, we were gonna talk about the Logan Paul Tyrone Willie fight, but I'm not gonna promote that on here. Um, I'm done talking boxing. You know, I think yeah. I think I'm done with boxing. 
or anything. The Floyd really Mayweather Logan Paul fight really yeah. did me in. Then everybody said the same thing about the Tyron Willie Jake Paul fight, and that one did me in too. So I didn't get it. I didn't get it because I'm not giving I'm not giving boxing another dime. I'm definitely not giving the Paul brothers another dime. Not that I think it's Paul brothers because I think they're smart guys and they're good marketers. Yeah, but. I'm sorry, I just don't care anybody watching the fight. I was hoping Tyrone Woodley was going to knock him, knock his head off. I was too. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about it any more than that. Yeah, my kids are. Oh, okay. Um, anything you want to add? No, man, no. Well, guys, this has been another episode of the Man Up Podcast. I've had fun talking to y'all about some, some, some of the younger years. Um, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes or however you get your podcast. And as always, I'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace.